You know, I was thinking earlier as Marissa was telling us about the things that are happening on our campus the next couple of weeks, that, you know, between those three events, we're talking probably 2,500, 3,000 people or more that will be coming on to our campus, some of them for the first time. Um, and some of you know what you felt the first time you came on this campus, or maybe even when you come on it now, when you, when you drive in and you experience the beauty of the surroundings, and then you come in this space, and you see the stained glass, you feel the warmth of this room. Um, you know, there may be people who are showing up in the next couple of weeks who, for whom it's a spiritual encounter, um, a new spark, or a renewed spark. And so it's good for us to pray for that and to pray for them. I'm also mindful of the fact that as they come, uh, and I especially think about teachers and all that they have to deal with, and I think about families with uh, members in their households who have special needs, um, that as they come, they come with lots of things in the background. Uh, And even on a Sunday morning, you all may come with lots of things in the background. Um, challenges and struggles and frustrations and hardships. Um, And so we come into this place and we listen for a word, a word that God might speak into our hearts and lives. Um, And today, uh, we hear a good word from Jesus. Um, The one for this day comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the 11th chapter, and I invite you to listen, and if you'd like, follow along on the screens as I read it for us. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit, and breathe life into the words that I speak, that they might carry a word from you into our hearts and lives on this day. Amen. A couple of months ago, I started doing the daily Wordle in the New York Times. Maybe some of you do that. It's a fun puzzle to do. And I have a couple of friends that I've connected with over this, and every day we send a text to one another with our results for the day. And so yesterday, my two friends uh, seemed to think that the word was easy as pie. And they both got it in a three. Meanwhile, I thought to myself, easy now, fellas, as I struggled to eke out a five on the word blurb. I started playing pickleball a few months ago, and for a guy who has played tennis his entire life, I found that picking up this particular game was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But some other folks around me have said, that's easy for you to say, buddy. Anybody following the Australian Open? I know my friend Mike is. 
So local boy Ben Shelton grew up here in Gainesville, went to Buholtz High. Uh, yesterday, uh, advanced to the round of 16 in the Australian Open, and he made it look easy. Meanwhile, if you were watching NFL playoffs last night, it looked like the Giants were easy pickings for the Eagles. A couple of days ago, Shelby, our daughter, uh, sent some photos out of her and her husband, Mike, and baby-to-be, which is in the womb, and it is easy to see that a baby will be making her arrival very soon. We use that word easy so easily, don't we? Phrases that include that word are easy to come by. And so a child gets in trouble and a grandmother says, now go easy on him. Somebody else gets in trouble that we don't know so well and we, and we think to ourselves, well, he got off awfully easy. It's nice, isn't it, when something is free and easy? Lots of people these days seem to be looking to make easy money and an easy living, or perhaps to take a ride on easy street, or even a trip to the big easy. But those things are easier said than done. Sometimes I wake up on the first day of the week feeling like it's easy like Sunday morning. And remember the easy button? Staples introduced it in the year 2005, that big red button that seemed to say that life could be easy or at least shopping at Staples could be awfully easy. That was the point of that whole series of ads and commercials. But you know, I think we took it as something bigger than that because there's something very attractive, isn't there, about the idea of things being easy. Life isn't like an easy button though, is it? Life can be hard. Life can be complicated. It can be messy and it can be unpredictable. Just look at the last three years. Did you all realize that this weekend, it was three years ago this weekend, that the first COVID case in the United States was identified out in the state of Washington? Three years ago this weekend. And three years later, Not just following COVID, but all the other things that have been a part of life in the last three years. We are still feeling the effects in many ways, aren't we? Some people, perhaps even some of you, either have experienced or maybe are still experiencing post-COVID anxiety, an actual diagnosis for symptoms related to Uh, the experience of what people have been through and what they feel in this present moment still. Some of the symptoms that have been diagnosed include fear around large crowds, difficulty concentrating, distrust for other people. The last three years has certainly done a number on trust, hasn't it? Compulsively washing your hands, fear of leaving your house, increased substance abuse, irritability or mood changes, monitoring constantly for signs of illness either in yourself or someone else near you, obsessively cleaning, and withdrawing from the people you love. 
There are, of course, lots of other fears and concerns that we carry around with us, some of which are part of systemic big picture things, and then some of which are just more felt more personally within our own lives or our own households. Chapman University has come out with their top 10 list of the things Americans feared the most in the year 2022. Now, these top 10 of the people surveyed, every one of them had a score of at least 50%. So at least half of everybody surveyed identified this as a fear that they feel. Let me read them off one to 10 in order. Number one, corrupt government officials. Number two, people I love becoming seriously ill. Number three, Russia using nuclear weapons. Number four, people I love dying. Five, the U.S. becoming involved in another world war. Six, pollution of drinking water. Seven, not having enough money for the future. Eight, economic and financial collapse. Nine, pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. And 10, biological warfare. That is a lot. And it is heavy, isn't it? A lot of stuff. And it can feel overwhelming, even paralyzing. I'll just tell you that from my own personal experience, there was a time in late 2020 to early 2021 when I thought I was just gonna have to be done. I was feeling things that I don't typically feel. Now, a lot of you know, uh, because a lot of you know me fairly well or have gotten to know me fairly well over the last few years, that I tend to be a pretty positive guy. I'm optimistic, I'm upbeat, I see the glass half full. I like to encourage others around me and bring the mood up in the room. But there was a time that was rough. And there were days when I was looking at our financial statements, trying to calculate when the earliest possible moment that I could get out and be done and retire could be and have enough money to live on. And when I did that, I started building myself a calendar of, that I could mark off every week and month until I got there. It was hard. You all know, I'm sure many if not all of us, had some pretty tough days and some feelings that were very uncomfortable and very unfamiliar for us. Because life can be hard. And then Jesus speaks up today the way Matthew tells it in the 11th chapter of his gospel. And he is speaking in that original context to people who are feeling weighed down by the circumstances of their lives. We can relate, can't we? And Jesus says to them and to us, come to me. Come to me. Often when I am getting ready to preach or when I'm doing scripture study, I will go through the passage and I will jot down words that stand out to me, a key word 
list, if you will. And I thought that today I would share with you what the result of that exercise was for me as I prepared for this message with this passage. Because I think it, it, it has a way of zooming in more tightly on what Jesus has to say to us today. Come, all, struggling hard, heavy loads, rest. Yoke, learn, gentle, humble, rest. Yoke, easy, there's that word, burden, light. My yoke is easy, Jesus says. Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? It's hard for us to hear that because when we hear the word easy, we tend to connect it with the opposite of hard or difficult or challenging. Smooth sailing is easy, right? And clearly that can't be what Jesus is saying here, or if he is, he's a liar. <laughs> because life ain't easy, friends. So it's helpful to remember that Jesus is not giving us an easy button in this passage. And it's helpful to pay attention to the Greek word that we translate into easy because that same word shows up seven times in the New Testament. And the only time it gets translated easy is in this verse. In other places, that same word is translated as kind, as in the Lord our God is kind to all who call on him, or as in the Ephesians passage where Paul says, be kind to each other, forgiving one another, tenderhearted, bear with each other. Or it gets translated as the word good, the goodness of God. Or it gets translated as the word better, as in better than all the other options. So sit with that phrase for just a moment with me. My yoke is easy in that context and hear what Jesus is saying to us. My yoke is kind. My yoke is good. It is for your well-being. My yoke, Jesus says, is better. Better than any other yoke we might choose for ourselves. And the truth is, we all choose to yoke ourselves to something pretty much all the time. It may not be the same thing all the time, but we're always choosing to yoke ourselves to some idea or ideal that takes precedent, that, that takes priority, that becomes the thing that guides our direction. Sometimes the yoke to which we attach ourselves may be ambition, or it might be unrealistic expectations, or it might be someone else's idea of who we are supposed to be or what we are supposed to do. 
It might be fear or regret or anger or addiction. It might be our rights or our insistence on being right or it might be our politics or our lifestyle or fill in the blank. And among all these other things that we might yoke ourselves to, get too attached to, Jesus speaks into our hearts today and says, choose me. Follow me. Come to me. Learn from me. And tether your life to me because it is the best possible way of doing life. So I want to invite you to hear his invitation one more time. And so that you might hear it with new ears, because sometimes we can become too familiar with a passage that then we're not able to really hear it. Let me read it for you in the version known as the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for inviting us to choose well, for giving us the opportunity to tether our lives to your life, to your way, to your grace, to your goodness, so that we might know that while life still may be hard and we may face struggles and challenges, it will never be alone and you will sustain us along the way. Thanks be to God. Amen.